things are, you know, going well or you're feeling happy, like, oh, well, I better get prepared because something's coming around the corner. You know, maybe you're going to drive home after church and your wheel's going to fall off or something. I don't know. But there's challenges around every corner. But here's the thing. When we are walking with the Lord, even though there's chaos all around us, I mean, right now, you know, of course, we're seeing gas prices soaring, we're hearing about wars, and if you focus on those things, you can find yourself in a place of constant anxiety, so that you're not free to enjoy what's right in front of you. I mean, right now. Right now, you are in a worship service. You are surrounded by people who genuinely love you, and you are free to just take it in. But if you're sitting there right now, and you're thinking about, you know, what happened earlier, or what may be coming this week, you're not free to take in what God wants to bless you with. So this morning, I want to talk about how we do that. Because if you're waiting for everything to go great in your life, guess what? It's never going to happen. Never. But you know what? With the presence of God, you are able to walk in a place of joy that is above the chaos that we live in right now. The book I want to go to is 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. And in here, it talks a little bit about how to live in God's presence, even though we live among the world that we live in. In verse 1, Peter writes, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. Now that doesn't sound very happy, does it? But keep reading. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. If you've suffered physical pain for Christ, you are done with sin. And because of that, you're not going to spend all of your energy chasing after things that will never fulfill you. Now, most of us here have never had to suffer physical pain in following the Lord. How do we get that mindset that we are willing to suffer physical pain? Well, Chris alluded to an example just a few moments ago. You were given an opportunity last week to fast, to not eat. Now, let me tell you something about that. Some of us have this idea that there are spiritual people out there that really like doing this, and it's just easy for them. I want to tell you right now, that is false, okay? Fasting is hard. <laughs> like, not eating? Have you ever done this before? Uh, like, purposely not eat for a while. I mean, your body starts getting weak, okay? You start getting pains. You start having trouble focusing on things. And then you still have to deal with the things in life that come at you. Why would you do this to yourself? Because 
it will set you free in ways that you can't imagine. Because you are purposely entering into a sort of physical pain. Why are you doing it? Well, you're doing it so that you would grow closer to the Lord. But in the process of that, here's one of the things that happens. One of the things that happens is that you find out you can do it. You don't have to go along with every craving and desire that comes into your heart and mind. You can say no, even when your body is like, eat something now. You can say, no, not yet. I'm going to at some point, but not yet. Not until I think the Lord is telling me, okay, go ahead. And what that does is it sets you free because you see that you can do it. And the freedom that comes from that is that next time you have a craving or something like that that you know is not from God and you know that you really shouldn't, guess what? You're going to know you can do this. And so that's why it's talking about there that at that point, you won't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires. Because if you're in that place right now where you're just chasing anything that comes into your heart, what you're going to find is, number one, you're totally exhausted. And number two, what you're going to find is, is that nothing actually fulfills you the way that you think it's going to. As I was reading this, I thought about something, and this is not sin, okay? But I thought about, you know, one of my desires, as many of you know, was, you know, to, to be part of a cattle drive, to be out in the mountains. And as many of you know, I was given that opportunity a number of years ago. And I loved it, and I still do it, and I still love it. But I remember that first time, it was like a dream. I mean, I was uh, taken in a truck up to the top of this mountain, led out with a horse, and I couldn't see a house anywhere. All I saw were mountains, and I was told, okay, start riding, you see a cow, start pushing. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, heaven has come. And I did love it, but you know what? After day, after day, after day of that, I found out that it wasn't, all the dream that I thought it was. I enjoyed it, but I also found out it was work. I got tired and thirsty and hungry and I felt all of those things. And so although it was good, like it, it, wasn't, it wasn't quite what I dreamed about as a little boy. I found that with everything in life. Uh, God has blessed us in many ways, but many times in our heart, we think, oh, if I had that or I experienced that, oh, life, I would just be full and I would never want anything else. I haven't found anything like that. I've been given so much in my life and there is nothing here that I've been given that I'm like, okay, I'm finally there. What I've found is that in all I've experienced in life, and God's allowed me to experience so many things, go so many places. I, 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 I mean, I've just experienced so much, and what I've found is the presence of God. This is it, right here. The presence of God is greater than anything. I mean, I've been to places I dreamed about, like the mountains. I've been overseas. I've been to the Caribbean, whatever it is. I've been to resorts and whatever. This is it. I'm telling you, the presence 
of God is greater. It's the only thing that can fill. Peter writes on, and he says in verse 3, You've had, you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So, they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God, who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead." If you don't have the presence of Jesus, this is it. This is all you have. And so, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to do what everyone else does, and you're going to try to distract yourself with whatever you can. I mean, whether it's music or some other form of entertainment, something you're putting into your system, um, you know, experiences you've never had before, you're going to chase them. And after you experience them, you're going to experience what I did, which is, whether it's sin or not, it's not going to be as good as you dreamed in your mind. And so you're going to think, well, maybe something else. And then after you've lived a certain amount of years and you get to the point I'm at, you find out, well, there's nothing out there. There is nothing that's going to fulfill me. And so what are you left with? To constantly medicate yourself. Constantly looking for things to medicate yourself. You know, you, you constantly need some kind of distraction, something going on, so that, so that you're not left with the reality that life really stinks. <laughs> when you get to that point, there's hope. There's hope because there's the Lord. The Lord is the one. It's His presence. It's getting to know Him. It's not about religion. It's not about rules and all that. It's about getting to know the Lord and walking in His presence. When you experience that, everything else you find is no longer worth it. He goes on and he says, That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead so although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. Headline, you're going to die. You're going to die. All of us. And as the Scripture said, we're all going to face God. When are we going to die? We don't know. But you know what? You don't have to worry about that. Don't allow thinking about those things to take away the joy of the moments that God gives you. And I don't know that we're ever ready for it. You know, I, I think about people that, um, that I've lost, that I, that I no longer have with me, and it grieves me. I, I mean, last night I, I sat on the bed and I was just thinking about somebody that I had just gotten to know at the beginning of this year, and, and they passed away from a heart attack, and they're gone. And it just, I was just sitting there like, oh, I hate that. I, I don't like it. But here's the deal. The deal is, though, that we have the choice whether we would live on eternally after that. We all have that choice. Why would we get wrapped up in chasing anything here that's going to be taken away? 
I was sharing with the Sunday school class a little while ago that when I was younger, my grandfather was everything. In the, in the area I grew up in, my grandfather was known all around. He was a very successful businessman. He owned businesses and towns all around. And wherever I went, I loved being known as his grandson. But you know what? It hasn't been that long, but his memory is just wiped away. Uh, there's really no signs in the area I live in of his presence any longer. The place where he grew up or where he lived, that home has been taken down, a new home has been built, and his name really isn't known. Like that, it's gone. What are you chasing after? What are you trying to build? If you're trying to build something right here, and, and that's your, your main goal, it's not going to last Verse 7 says, the end of the world is coming soon. And that's not bad news if you're looking for the Lord. It's not bad news because when that happens, the Lord's going to recreate everything. He's going to remove the flesh from us that we have to fight inside of ourselves. He's going to remove the evil. And there's just going to be those that follow the Lord. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. In other words, don't just go through the motions. Like, really pray for things. Don't just go through the motions. Don't be that religious person that, that, that does no good. Be earnest with it. Be disciplined. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude sins. Most of all, above experiencing you know, physical pain in the name of the Lord, above not chasing things in this life and focusing on the Lord, above all of that, most important, love one another deeply. This is the thing that we've been talking about that I really feel like God is impressing upon us. I want you to catch what it says. It says that if you love one another deeply, it covers a multitude of sins. What does that mean? Why do you cover things? Some of you have a vehicle that you really like, and so you cover it. Maybe you park it inside. Maybe you put a cover over it. Some of you, maybe some of you here or you've been to a place where they cover the furniture. <laughs> like you don't even really get to sit on the furniture. You sit on the cover. I had a, my older brother, I remember he had a vehicle. I got into it once and, you know, you have the floor mat. Well, he had a mat on top of the floor mat. And then he had like rugs on the seat and had another rug like on the armrest. And I'm like, what is this? He didn't want anything to get damaged. Why do we cover things? We cover things because we don't want the bad elements to erode and deteriorate what we care about. Here's the application. You and I have sinned. Every one of us, you and I, every one of us say and do things we shouldn't do. And the potential is, is that the things that we say and do that we shouldn't, that that would erode one another. 
that it would really begin to get in and to dig at each one of us. But you know what? When we choose to love one another deeply despite our sin, it's covered. It's covered, and my sin doesn't infect you the way that it could. Because my sin could erode your heart away. And your sin could do the same to me. But when I say, I'm going to choose to love you, because that's what God has asked me to do, there's a covering. Is there a covering over your life? And are you covering the lives of those around you? Because they've got sin. They've got sin, and you have the ability to stop it from eroding your heart and the hearts of others. But you've got to choose to do it. That's what he's asking, and that's why he says, most of all. Pray, do those things. Fast, do those things. Most of all, love. Verse 9 Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal and a place to stay. That's how we love. We just, we give, okay? You've got some things, give to others. If you're just keeping it for yourself, you're not going to find happiness there. I mean, it's not just a saying. It is more joyful to give than to receive. It really is. Now, it's fun to get things, but I've found that everything that I've been given... The thing itself loses its, its glamour. But what's left is the heart of the one who gave it. That's what I remember after a time. I, <laughs> I was uh, taking a box out to the barn um, this week, and in it are these old toy tractors I had growing up. And I can remember when I got them, I mean, seriously, I was like, these are so cool. I mean... You know, I had like some big four-wheel drive John Deere tractors, and I just, they were so cool. And now they're just, they're just junk. It's better to give than receive. We've got things. Let's give it to others. Let's help others. Verse 10, two more verses. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. What are your spiritual gifts? If you are a follower of Christ, if you've given your heart to the Lord, you have spiritual gifts. If I'm asking you that question and you don't know what they are, chances are you're not using it. Use it. Ask the Lord. Seek Him out. Lord, what have you given me? What do you want me to use? If you're using it, you know. Use the spiritual gifts that God's given you. Verse 11, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. So many of you have the gift of speaking. We've seen that. So many of you come up and you do these communion meditations and so on, and it's moving, and I love it, because every one of us think differently. I mean, some of you figured out how I think, and it gets old and it gets boring, right? It's so good to have new people come up and to share. But you know what? Any gift, you've got to develop it. You've got to work on it. How do you work on it? How do you develop it? Use it. That's how you do it. It goes on. It says, do you have the gift of helping others? 
Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Some of you are natural helpers. Nikki is a natural helper. I mean, who in here, if, you, if you've been a part of this family for any time, hasn't been helped by her in some way, shape, or form? It's just what she does. God has put it in her. So if you are a helper, help. It's needed. I mean, can you imagine? I know that she's not the one standing up here, but where would we be without her? I mean, she is so intricate to so many things. And I know I'm picking on her right now, but there's so many of you that have that gift. Those gifts are all needed. Where would this church be if we just had this guy right here and my gift? It'd be dead. (laughs) Amen. It would. But what, what brings so much life? It's all our gifts working together. But you know what? You've got to choose to use it. You have to choose to. I can't make you. Even God can't make you. He can give you the gift. You have to choose to use it. Last sentence. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. We don't just love because it's the right thing to do. It's where we find life. And God is the one that supplies the love for us to give others. We just simply choose to do it. But here's what happens. We get distracted. Our flesh distracts us. The world distracts us. And we start pouring our energies into things right here that are just temporary. We're living right now, okay? We're we're involved in things. That's okay. Don't let it have your focus. God has given you the ability to live above the chaos so that you can still live in the world, but you are a light to the world. And you are a light to the world by loving others, not something that you conjure up. It's just something that you allow God to do through you. But in order for that to happen, you've got to spend time with Him. You've got to hear from Him, and then you've got to let that flow through you. But if you get distracted and you start just chasing things in your profession or chasing some kind of hobby you have or something you're collecting or whatever it is, some kind of experience that you've never had, when you get locked on to that, what happens is the slow death inside of you. Choose to live Choose to embrace the happiness that God wants to give you right now. Not saying that all all life is going to be great, but you can choose to live above the chaos and to love others. The choice is ours. I pray that you will choose to do that. Father, thank you for the ways that you work through us. Thank you, Lord, that you give us gifts that work together. And thank you, Lord, that even though each of us are flawed, each of us have sin, Lord, you give us the ability to cover it so that we're not all infected the way that we could be, Lord. There is a cover and a protection through the love that you give through us. And so, Lord, we as a body just say yes to that. 
Lord, I pray if there's someone here that's never given themselves over to you, Lord, I pray that today they would do that very thing and that they would embrace eternal life, Lord, um, eternal life with you. Lord, if there's one here that's, um, Lord, find them, found themselves sidetracked, I pray that you would renew them, Lord. Renew their heart, renew their spirit, get them focused on what matters and what brings life. Lord, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would stand, please. We're going to enter time worshiping in song, and I just invite you to engage the Lord.